0: this is continuum drag a weekly
1: podcast where we revisit sci-fi fantasy and just plain weird shows this week man and machine episode nine you seem to be in a state of sleep deprivation today man
0: what makes you say that
1: well, every Tuesday night, Channel 187 shows the Frankenstein movie. And every Wednesday morning, you're overly tired. Over the past few weeks, you've lost valuable R.E.M. time to Frankenstein, the son of Frankenstein, bride of Frankenstein, the ghost of Frankenstein, and Abbot and Costello meet Frankenstein. I know. It, it started when I was a kid. My Uncle Buford took me to Regency to see the original Frankenstein. I don't know. It just, just got a
0: hold of me. The, the cemeteries, the shadows, storm
1: scared the heck out of me really normally you have a very high fear threshold
0: what was it about frankenstein that got to you
1: what you kidding there's this awful artificial thing that walks like a person but but it's totally inhuman and it's like this weird perversion of science you know know, it was a couple years ago welcome to continuum drag the podcast that says farewell to man and machine this week I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan?
0: I'm really excited to say goodbye to this show. I was a little disappointed because when we started talking before we recorded, I was really trying to motivate you that we were just going to crap all over this thing and just make this a real hate fest, but I think you you want to be a little more positive. Well, we'll I, see. I just want it to be a hate fest.
1: I mean, <laughs> there's plenty um, of not good things in this episode, right, yeah. so it's not going to be a love fest, I don't think. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean warm sort of warm farewell maybe not maybe like a cool cool farewell.
0: well i'll tell you we're really selling it to the audience
1: (laughs) well jordan i know something that's real what's that listeners it was jordan's birthday (laughs) yeah 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 it was at one point yeah recently he had a little birthday oh no and so he gets a little present
0: this worked out so well last time
1: you loved that present last time i
0: did like the present actually
1: Oh, well, thank you very much.
0: Should I open it now on the air? Is that the thing?
1: Yeah, that would be rude to listen.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, hold on. Let me put the mic back. All right, so we can do it live. This is like an unboxing. Yeah, audio unboxing. Audio unboxing. Okay, hold on. That's the wrapping
1: paper. Foley. He's slowly but surely opening a very bad wrapping job I did. And he's getting it. That's pretty great. (laughs)
0: look at his hair oh man so it's uh, a greg evigan album but it's not just greg evigan it's greg evigan and paul schaefer called a year at the top have we talked about this
1: no i didn't know that existed i found it uh and i was just like why did paul schaefer and greg Evigan do an album together and i'm like why ask questions oh man
0: we're gonna have to listen to this we'll put this on the record player after i'm very curious i'm very curious what it sounds like a year at the top a norman lear tat communications company Norman Lear was involved in this?
1: Anyways, that's very odd. It's very specific, but uh, we're started this podcast to support the Greg Evan Evigan economy, and we're doing it. <laughs> that's true. We
0: bought we bought an uh, an officially autographed uh, headshot of his. Yeah, I've got a
1: headshot autographed yeah. as Jay Cardigan.
0: As, that's right. It was the only one I could find because every other one was um, uh, him with his shirt off. <laughs> I didn't think you wanted that on your wall. And then this, this, this little gem.
1: So it's apparently 1977. How old do you think he is now? Like 19? In this, oh yeah, he's probably young. He looks so young. Paul Schaefer, yeah, like a forty-year-old man.
0: Yeah, he just looks like he's wearing a wig. <laughs> well, I'll have to. Put, I'll put a picture of this up on Instagram.
1: Greg and Paul, a year at the top. Yeah, that was that was their year on the top.
0: I'm a little disappointed. The um, uh, that monkey or whatever he was with in that show didn't show up. Didn't show up. <laughs> up. Didn't come out and play the tambourine. That's all monkeys <laughs> can do.
1: Well, Jordan, happy birthday. Thank you. All right, let's get into it. Uh, so this is, of course, as we mentioned, the last episode of this show, Man and Machine. As a result, we've uh, taken the escape pod because the uh, the ratings just fell too low. Yeah. But because of that, we've missed four episodes. So uh, you want to try to guess based on the titles what those episodes were? Before? Oh,
0: yeah, sure. I was actually thinking about it because we'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt this, but I felt this episode looked a lot different than the other episodes we watched. So I don't know what change happened, but uh, give me the list and we'll go through this.
1: All right. First episode, Torch Song. Torch Song?
0: Yes. Um, It's about Eve finds out that she has an ability to take her internal heat and light herself on fire and shoot fire out of her hands. Oh, she becomes a human Um, torch. She becomes a human torch and uh, becomes a bit of a folk hero. And uh, people write songs about her and her exploits.
1: I wow what a great show <laughs> yeah, yeah so what did you say what actually happened it's one of my favorite episodes no I don't want to know okay. I I think I actually do know I think they go undercover at record company <laughs> they always go undercover every episode the fact that you didn't say they went undercover meant it couldn't have been yeah an episode. Fair, enough, fair enough uh and then the next episode titled man's fate
0: mm, man's fate Eve accidentally kills uh uh Donnie man what's his name Bobby, Bobby, Man. Bobby, man. And then people start kind of uh, the police force turns against her. She then finds, uh, grabs a bunch of guns, starts killing them. And all the robots in the world that we didn't know exist to this point, they also rise up and they kill all of mankind.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. And, there's still but, and, three episodes and, and left I know series. I was going to say,
0: it's not even the finale. <laughs> all right. Third one, truth
1: or consequences? Truth or consequences.
0: This is actually just the two characters um, sitting in a room playing board games
1: oh good i i thought maybe they went back to high school undercover and had to play a game of truth or consequences <laughs> that was also good yeah that would have been good and finally billion dollar baby what happens is um, i know what happens here too let's see if we both agree okay i think the two characters
0: finally get together and they actually somehow through whatever horror uh, are able to make a half android, half human baby. And because it is the first of its kind, everyone wants it. And, uh, uh, but they don't really want to be parents. So they just sell for auction. And Put it it on for, eBay and it goes for a billion dollars.
1: Well, I thought it was going to be about um, they have to go undercover at a boxing gym. So he trains her to be a boxer. <laughs> but then she gets punched in the head and he has to like uh, pull the plug on her. And uh, it's about uh, assisted suicide. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like yours better than mine. Yours is a moral. <laughs> all
0: right it's it's a moral like like roddenberry would have had you're like what is the moral what is
1: the moral so it's the, it's the moral that um paul haggis and clint eastwood would have had
0: anyways those were great
1: uh we'll, uh, we'll never know we'll never go back and watch them. no there's no way to ever find out
0: no i'm never gonna go watch them. the only way i'm ever gonna find out about this is if uh steve tells us about yeah, it.
1: yeah if steve was, keeps true to his promise to watch the rest of these episodes <laughs> all right uh last week since we're burning off everything we have left last week you had created another game that you let Steve and I choose between. Do you want to do that game before we give up on this?
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm going to do one change, though, and I'll let you know after who the change is. Because um, I think there's a character in this show that's worth uh, worth worth revisiting. So it's going to be a little bit of Would You Rather. I've changed the title for it. And uh, your options are, of course, characters in this show, uh, which are pretty thin in this show. Um, but uh, we have uh, the options are Become Partners With, Eat Vending Machine Pastries, or send for a lube job for six months. Okay, great. All right. And we have uh, four rounds here. Round one is the leads.
1: I'm blown away you could get four rounds
0: on the show. I know, it was tough. Round one, the leads. Detective Bobby Mann, Sergeant Eve Edison, Captain Margaret,
1: Claghorn. Oh, man. Um, I guess I'm going to become partners with Claghorn. Nice. I think that's going to be a fun time. I agree with you. I think I think she'd be a great partner, actually. Now, this is a real problem. I don't really want to eat pastries, Bobby Mann, but Eva's seven years old. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in a, I'm in a tight spot here. Um, so for the sake of decency, I guess I'm eating pastries, Bobby Mann and I'm sending uh, Eva off for that live job. I'm uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to agree with you on that.
0: All, all right. right, don't worry. It's it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Round two, villains, uh, and I'll have to explain who these are because you'll never remember any of these characters. <laughs> uh, Doctor Sidney Victor. He was the dating doctor. Oh, he's
1: the dating doctor.
0: Richards. That was Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell. And uh, organ dealer. That's right. And Mark Kaminsky, the wine, the Chinese wine dealer. Chinese wine dealer. Mm-hmm. And, and what what, what great a uh, rogues gallery they uh, they created in their what, show. Up. Great,
1: I mean, at least two of them are like notable character actors. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is. Yep. You're right. It's difficult. I am going to partner with the wine dealer. Uh, if only because I love Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean, so I just go on a pirate movie with him. I'm probably gonna go eat pastries with Jigsaw because what a great character actor and uh, Doctor Dating. Uh, he can get the Lube job. I don't remember anything about him. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you two for two. We're we're uh, we're seeing eye to eye on this.
0: Okay, round three. I've called these one offs, and uh, because it's characters who showed up and they never sh- they never came back. Okay. Uh, first we have Frank Tana. He was his baseball friend. Frank Tana? Yep. Yeah, that's apparently his name. Great name. We got Tommy Chartraw. Do you remember who that is? Nope. That's, uh, um, um, uh, I can't remember his name now. The actor. Of John Fox. Hawks? That's right. Ah, uh, John Hawks. Creepy dater. Yeah. yeah Creepy dater. And then
1: Eric Easton, who was the uh, food critic who ate the peppers. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, all right. This is easy. I'm going to become partners Uh, With Booger, the food critic Mm -hmm. from Revenge the Nerds, Uh, no problem there. I am going to eat pastries with John Hawks. I mean, I don't like a nice guy either. I want a bad boy who's going to treat me (laughs) wrong. Yeah. Um, And then uh, baseball Billy. I don't want to. This is the dumbest thing ever. Trading baseball cards with a grown man. Go get that lube job.
0: Yeah, I I will also send Tana to go to the lube job because who are you? Go away and talk about your grass at a barbecue. You're Crazy. out of, you're out of here. But I would um I'd switch. I'd be a partners with Tommy Chartra. Oh. Yeah. And Eric Eric I guess I'd be eating pastries with Eric Easton. He knows a little bit something about pastries. <laughs> a little something about eating pastries. Um, round four. And I've called this round more interesting than the leads. And I've added one character you'll see that uh, um this last this the last episode. First character,
1: Burn Right.
0: Second is Kathleen and who Kathleen was was the secretary that had the little eye drop. Oh, her.
1: Yeah, she murdered someone in prison. And right? last is someone who
0: I adjusted. Originally I was going to say the coroner because I thought he did a pretty good job, but I've switched it to Mikey
1: who is in this episode. <laughs> so big. Yeah, Mikey plays a big part in this yeah. uh, particular episode. All right. Who's the first one again? Burnerder. All right. Okay. I am going to you got to be partners with Bernardo. That's all got be, I'm going to be partners with Berner. It's true. It's the only option. I uh, This is a tough one because I don't remember the middle one either.
0: Kathleen, the secretary? Kathleen, remember the she secretary. kept hitting on him for no reason?
1: Okay. Uh, I guess I'll, I will have you with Kathleen, the secretary, because I did like when she walked down that negligee. I'm like, oh, you're my type. Uh, and <laughs> Mikey,
0: sorry, you're out of here. Get I, that loop job. You know what? We came so close to agreeing because this one I agree with you too. If it wasn't for old uh, Eric Easton, I think he threw us off there in round three. But I agree with you on these. So yeah, Mikey's got to go. She's so annoying. Uh, Mikey was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) She's a lot to handle. But on that note, we get to find more out about uh, Mikey here.
1: Well, let's get into the episode. Here is the IMG summary for episode nine. Cold, cold heart. Is
0: it uh, Johnny, Johnny 2269? Is he doing it again? We'll find out in a moment.
1: (laughs) Get excited. I am excited. I am excited. Man poses as Eve's dying brother to investigate the death of a doctor who is the only hope for a terminally ill cryonic scientist. And that summary was courtesy of Gus
0: F. Oh, Gus. You know what? I feel bad because I think it was either the last episode or the one before. I was ragging on him for some reason. I think I was taking out my own, own life's frustrations onto him, which wasn't fair on poor Gus because he's just one out there trying to uh, spread the word of uh, this terrible, terrible show, Mana Machine.
1: And I'll be honest, he he kind of took a swing and a miss on describing the Burn episode and how he was resurrected from the dead. Yeah. But the rest of them, Very good, yeah. So, anyways,
0: I apologize to uh, what's his name, Vern Gossaf? Yeah, (laughs) Gossaf.
1: All right, so the episode kind of starts off with man sleeping at his desk and really kind of lays out what is going to be a very heavy handed theme for the entire episode. Okay, now,
0: now, when this started, I my note is he's sleeping at his desk because he's been watching Frankenstein. This show hasn't gotten any funnier. I thought it was just gonna be a one time kind of gag, like not a gag, but more about telling you about his personality again and he's got these sort of um eclectic tastes to say this, to say the least very like old timey things he really likes and i thought oh so now he likes frankenstein but this is gonna go through the episode nonstop.
1: yeah i mean there's sort of a conversation about how frankenstein's his favorite movie it used to scare him as a child he hasn't been sleeping because it's been on the late show on channel 187 which you think that's a science fiction thing in this show do you think 187 was like an impossible number oh i don't know so I'm trying to think. Is like, is in nine How many how many cable channels are happening in 92? Were they just like, isn't it crazy? In the future, there'll be 187 channels. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. I I didn't I didn't think about that, but it's it might be an interesting
0: point of like, can you believe how many channels?
1: Yeah. At any rate, he just starts talking about why he's so freaked out by like Frankenstein because he's like, a uh, artificial life form who's like grotesque to humanity and all. And he's just describing Eve, and Eve is just standing there like staring at him like you're describing me. But I thought. This was definitely going to be, like, clued in at some point. This is just the running gag the whole show is that, like, everything's Frankenstein. He cannot comprehend how Eve is like Frankenstein.
0: But but not only that, they, they're also sort of playing, I guess, with the idea that he's also attracted to Frankenstein in some way. Because she even explicitly says at one point, like, you like Frankenstein. There's something about this image or this, um, idea. this, this idea of a character that you are attracted to in some ways and he's like what are you talking about that's crazy and i didn't know if they were trying to play with that sort of like will they won't they sort of thing which they didn't haven't really done a lot with the show so it seemed a little bit out of place but. it definitely
1: walked that line and it's funny because that scene is like this is the bookend at the start that's the bookend at the very end of the show where he just once again can't correlate the fact and eve is even just like really hinting at the fact like i think it's because you love friends. yeah yeah but it is is very—it's a very weird theme. I mean, not a bad idea. I don't hate the idea of, is an android like Frankenstein? Yeah, it's not bad a bad idea. It's a good plot in there somewhere, not in this.
0: And, and let me mention one thing that has nothing to do with anything. Did you notice his hair is especially spiky in this episode? No, I didn't notice that. I was like, it's
1: really spiky. Setting a trend.
0: Yeah, he was setting a trend, yeah, in the near future.
1: Um, We'll try to lean down on the Frankenstein talk for a little bit anyway. But uh, how about all the uh, stings? All the Frankenstein keyboard stings for the entire show. Okay. This felt like it was like a Halloween episode.
0: I don't know if it was. Uh, it's very easy for me to find out, but I, I don't care. Um, but it felt like a like special Halloween episode. The music is so over the top in a show that already has remarkably over the top music that it's... I think I know what they were going for, but I think they failed about as bad as you can.
1: I don't think... I'm just flipping back through my notes here because I think this aired between... April and July, so there would have been no Halloween period for them to... But it
0: does feel like a Halloween episode, don't you agree?
1: Oh yeah, I mean they're really, I mean they're showing so many clips of Frankenstein. It's like uh
0: Phantom of the Opera esque, like organ music and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're really leaning into this. Uh, this kind of leads us into the crime of the week. Um, essentially, this Russian doctor who specializes in brain diseases. Fedosov. Fed us off. he the good memory. I, I could not remember his name to save my life. He's died in a motorcycle accident. Where his motorcycle jumped off a cliff. <laughs> I know, I know. They they sort of
0: they actually give they give at the same time a lot of detail to his death and then very little detail. It's like how it happened. Everything be like, but why did he jump? Why was he on a cliff? That that doesn't that doesn't matter.
1: It was just driving too fast along mm-hmm. a nice yeah. Hollywood Hills and just yeah. flew off. Uh, it's a real Mulholland drive. Um, this essentially though, they're like. Well, how are we going to solve this case and there's already a witness waiting to talk to them yeah which is of course uh mikey uh, mikey quinn as we mentioned earlier
0: and, and mikey god bless this actress she takes a thankless role and dials it up to a thousand and then goes let's give it a little bit more like it's it's such a big performance and and loud and animated
1: i don't disagree i mean she was doing more with this part than was ever there and i appreciated that a little bit like it could get a little grating because the character was written so gratingly but she was really going for
0: it yeah th- and that's kind of how i feel too it's like i the actress you know what she made a lot with very little however the choice was to be the most annoying person on screen that was the <laughs> choice and it was just like uh,
1: uh, good on you but i hate seeing you here she's uh she's a janitor at the eternal society mm-hmm. a cryogenics uh, lab slash cult um it's it's uh it's kind of this secret thing you have to pay like forty thousand dollars to join it like 62 percent of the entertainment industry is members it's like super exclusive and uh well she's been the janitor there she's a little freaked out by it because she thinks of her, like she, all the corpses freak her out but the doctor who died he had a what was the motorcycle called A Leopard 1040. Is that what they called it? That was was the motorcycle, just like the one she has. And uh, she had done a little work on it for him and driven it around for him. And now that he died, she's very concerned that someone's going to pin this murder on her. And so she showed up before anyone said anything just to let them know she didn't do it. Yeah, she's basically like, look,
0: yes, I worked on the bike, but I fixed it. And the fact that he had a motorbike accident has nothing to do with me. And to prove that has nothing to do with me, I'm coming in here and telling you all this. I'm not hiding anything. But... Now, me saying that, picture me saying that um, in the loudest, most obnoxious way possible for like four (laughs) minutes straight.
1: So they're a little curious now with this person showing up. Maybe it is a setup. Eve looks into the smashed bike. She brings it back to her apartment and kind of goes through it and discovers the onboard computer had been reconfigured. So this is definitely a homicide. Um, And it's fun. This is a little side note here. We get a little more. uh, Captain Claghorn very rarely figures into the plot. I know what you're going to say. Whenever time she pops up. It's the best scene of the movie
0: show. Well, here's what's weird about this episode though. I don't think we've ever seen Claghorn outside of the um the police no. department. And in this episode, it's like they're it's like a sitcom. They're all just hanging out in Eve's apartment constantly.
1: Well, it was very funny too because much like the first episode where we were like where man's like I'll give you a ride home, but first I got to feed my dog. He's giving Claghorn a ride home, but first he's like, "Oh, we'll just stop in on Eve first. And what is what is Claghorn doing that evening? Uh, her husband
0: is doing rocket pack races, right? Yes, rocket pack races. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I had to stop and rewind because I was like,
1: what did she say? Uh, anytime they give Cleghorn world building dialogue to deliver, she just kn- kn- knocks it out of the park. Yeah. She just talks about it like it's the most everyday thing. She's like, one day my husband's going to be a smear on the road. Anyways, rocket pack races. I mean, I would have liked to have maybe seen that. Instead How of, good is, would that have been to yeah, see?
0: Instead of four minutes of uh, old Mikey telling us about fixing a bike this is about the period
1: of rocketeer right they could just use footage from rocketeer <laughs> i liked rocketeer anyway we'll get back to the actual plot unfortunately um they uh decide they're gonna go undercover and crash the funeral of this dead doctor the eternal society oh they always go undercover once again they pretend to be from louisiana but this time they're brother and sisters
0: mm-hmm. oh and also i know it's the what um they've hired yancey butler to do all of her undercover outfits, they're still sort of like somewhat revealing outfits. Like she's going to a, a funeral. She's wearing a mini skirt. Like it's like she, she's not allowed to like wear a pantsuit or something. Oh, well, if you got it, you got to flaunt it, I guess. I suppose. That's why like, it's a funeral. I mean. It is
1: true. What about what man was wearing though? He was wearing.
0: Oh, hold on. I know because I i didn't write it down, but I'm trying to remember. I know he was wearing.
1: He's basically in a suit. But the, but the shirt he's wearing has one key future difference. <laughs> what was it? There's no collar on it. But he's still wearing a tie. So imagine a tie over top of a collar. That's right. freely exposed. That's right. But then again,
0: I noticed in the background there were other people, other, you know. Uh, attendees. Attendees. I was going to say parishioners. So I think like, that's not the right word. Um, other attendees of the funeral. And they were just wearing normal clothes.
1: Well, he'll later be in another shirt and tie. Normal mm. shirt and tie. Yeah. that He's got dressed up real fancy with this collarless shirt. <laughs> um, but the, the most interesting thing I found from the funeral was that
0: um, the person doing the eulogy was just on a computer screen. Yes, or or a TV, I guess.
1: Yeah, he was—he was teleconferencing in. I think that was the founder of the Eternal Society. A gentleman Mm. will come to know more, but he's dying of a brain disease, which is why he can't be there in person. Which is what the doctor was trying to cure before he was murdered. Yeah, it's all important, everyone, but it it doesn't really matter. Very important. At this funeral, it comes. It's very funny. They meet the doctor who kind of runs the cryogenics part. A doctor Unster. Yeah, William Sanderson. Uh, not monster dr onster dr onster yeah 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 william sanderson of course of blade runner our second deadwood cast member yep new very he, he,
0: he always just play he always plays that character like Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of those guys who like you can't take it away from him like you need that guy you'll know who he is he's just that he does that role
1: he's great and they're sort of talking about the funeral they come out they're like we're a brother and sister and they're like how did you know the dead person like oh we don't we're uh, just hanging out here um and eve does a little bit of improv she's like uh, uh, because my brother has a debilitating disease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the disease? Did you write it I down? I did write it down. He, ha- he, su- She says he's suffering from bulger's necrosis. Which doesn't sound good. Well, they say it causes facial tics and hallucinations.
0: You know, what's funny. It-, it took me longer to realize what was happening than it probably should have because I was already just praying for the end of the episode. But this begins the thing of you find out that man, for some reason, is very scared to even pretend to have a disease.
1: Yeah, he's very skittish about dying to the point that, like, even being undercover and pretending to have this disease, he won't do it. Like, I kept hoping he'd start, like, doing facial tics throughout the episode, but he. the closest we get to seeing him visualize or, like, talk about his disease is he does mention he had one hallucination recently. No, but, oh, but he does do facial tics. Oh, does he? Yeah, but,
0: well, this is maybe brooding a little bit, but what you what throughout the episode is he starts psychosomatically getting the disease oh i didn't that was catch that so yeah he's doing this weird facial tick and he and at one point claghorn's like you look terrible you look like you're dying and people keep making comments about and he's like looking all sick and it's because he's so worried about the idea of pretending to have this disease that he's now manifesting the symptoms right right he's it. oh
1: that's funny i i mean it might just be the youtube quality you're watching i'm not sure when because there's a few periods where eve or claghorn make fun like kind of make fun of him i actually thought they were just like having fun i thought they were poking at him like pretending he looked sick to like freak him out more no
0: it's because he was yeah he's it's it's a weird character point to add in you know it's one of those things like it's convenient for this episode because we need him to be that way but it there, there's no resolve there's no reason for it it's just something for him to do it
1: could it could have been more over the top for me this could have been a lot funnier if he really leaned into yeah maybe his, his stuff
0: but don't worry we get to hear the word uncle Buref- buford like uh
1: Oh, yeah. 8 million times his this name episode. is buford so we hear buford over and over He's over, and over.
0: buford buford
1: but what was the what was his one hallucination that he tells them i don't remember what was it he was at a donut shop and he hallucinated that puffy michael jackson walked in.
0: oh that's right i wrote that down and yeah my note was uh, michael jackson's fat um unfortunately you know obviously what we found out that it was much sadder for michael jackson being you know
1: a molester that he's died a, early. He's a, is that yeah, he's a monster.
0: He's a monster. He's a monster. Not not someone who had
1: like, weight issues. He's a horrible, <laughs> horrible monster. <laughs> Although this is a real thing for them because they leaned into John Candy earlier too. Real a lot of a lot of body shaming on the show. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, they talk to Doctor Unster for a bit. Then the the founder's wife drops by and he's she's just like tells them, "Oh yeah, sorry, Maya, but my husband on the video screen he's dying of Lindsay syndrome, and that's why the doctor was working on a cure for his brain disease. But now that he's dead." I guess that's it for my husband. He's gonna die soon. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think Mikey shows up at this point because she shows up like three or four times. She just shows up. It's as if they were like, you know what helped this episode, Mikey. But I don't even think Mike. She just comes by and goes, just so you guys got, I got more information. All right, see you later.
1: It could it could be now. It could literally be in fifteen minutes. But there is like a five second scene where she walks in. And she's like, I've got more information, but I'm too scared. Bye. And she just yeah. walks out of. Yeah. Like, eh. Just so we could remember who she was. Yeah. Give her a few more. She was great. More see more screen time. Yeah. More. Yeah. She was great. She was something. <laughs> Um, at any rate, to become members of the Eternal Society And uh, hence get man frozen into a uh, coffin They need to borrow $20,000 from the police Which they have n- Please, uh, Claycorn's like, yeah, no
0: problem yeah, like Only a couple episodes They bought her like a incredibly expensive sports car So $20,000 That's nothing. true They
1: bought him that testicle too <laughs> Yeah Yeah uh, So they get a tour of the freezer facility with Dr. Unster um, Did you catch what, the, catch what their cryogenic freezers are called? No, no, what was it? they kept calling them doers doers yeah and i don't know if they meant like d-e-w-e-r or do d-o-e-r but Hmm. the entire episode they're like you get put in a doer he's in a doer i'm like what is it i just couldn't figure out what that was short for someone's gonna definitely like listen to be like obviously it means right it's short for this but so they see these doers they kind of explain how the founder created cryogenics do you remember the story of how uh, cryogenics came and he became his passion he, uh, yes. Why don't you just tell me?
0: Okay. I do. I do. I just honestly, my note right now is this episode is so amazingly boring. So my notes start getting worse and worse. I, I know he told a story and it was like supposed to be like emotionally thing, but I was like I don't care. I, all, all I remember is I wanted the main doctor to play be played by Nick Nolte,
1: <laughs> the founder. Yeah, <laughs> that pretty good. Yeah. Well, the founder got into cryogenics because he's he's an electrical engineer, and one day while he was working on an experiment. He accidentally electrocuted his pet hamster, little Carlos. That's right, yeah. And poor little Carlos, uh, he was so sad he died, he wrapped him in foil and put him in the freezer so he could bury him at a proper funeral later, which Mm -hmm. was an insane idea. But that night, there was a power outage, and the freezer de and when he found little Carlos in the morning, little Carlos had life signs.
0: Mm -hmm. And they were like, did did he survive? They're like, no. No, he had freezer
1: burn. <laughs> he had freezer burn. I
0: knew you'd notice that too.
1: Oh, how could I miss freezer burn? Yeah. But anyway, now they've kind of, he's he's committed to this. The doctor who just died is one of the cases where they're sort of walking around seeing where they cryogenically freeze people. And like when you're in a motor accident, motorcycle accident, like the Russian doctor, uh, they can just save your head. So what we see is all these like, Mm-hmm. bubbles frozen bubble domes with little tiny heads in them yeah that's like the, that's the only cryogenics we really see these little, little heads in like fish jar fish bowls
0: uh, let me ask you though uh we we've mentioned that the the founder have we mentioned he electrocuted himself have we talked about that
1: no that's not, that's not yeah. okay
0: well we're gonna get to him electrocuting himself and we can explain that but let me throw out this one weird thing about that if let's say you ran a company and you're the head of the company and you take the horrible decision to kill yourself do you think it would just be business as normal going forward? Because that's how they act in this episode. They're just like, hey, I'll keep going. I mean, their whole, I, I I know the plot has to keep going. but I
1: mean, their whole business is just like put dead people in a freezer. I don't know. Fair if, enough. I don't know if it would really actually throw them off that much. Fair enough. I guess it, I guess in this one specific instance, maybe you're right. Um, There's this weird little scene here where even man throw a fake dinner party for the founder's wife and this other guy, Dr. Sachs. Oh, that, you know what? Sorry,
0: I was jumping ahead. I forgot about this because... What why why were they doing that again? This had to come to Eve's apartment again. Well, they stole that money on that set. Yeah, I, um, but it was just yeah.
1: It was like this weird doctor who's who's. And it's hard to describe why he's weird. He's just acting odd. He's just acting odd, and it's unclear what relationship he had. Like he's not the cryogenic doctor, and he's not the founder. He's just kind of always. He's not even always there. He just pops up when they need a second person to be mm-hmm. in the room, and the whole dinner party is just I guess to like win them over to let man joined the society and the wife is just like well why don't you come meet my husband he's heard about your plight and your debilitating disease and much like his own disease he's he's taken pity on you and he wants to meet you in person and this is where they go to the founder's lab right. and we kind of see some weird contraptions like it's very Frankenstein's lab he's got like blood bags like in some sort of weird contraption mm-hmm. that are like going up and down
0: and this is I have to say the most science fictiony set they've had Absolutely. so far in this show it's lit very differently it's shot very differently and it's uh, for better or worse and I think a lot of times it's I don't know if it plays so well, but I appreciated that they were like, let's make an actual futuristic looking thing because up to this point, it, it's been like this kind of faux noir sort of look and it did not look like that in this episode. Yeah, this
1: one really leaned into it. And it, looked, it looked like a Joel
0: Schumacher uh, sort of, uh, really low budget Joel Schumacher set.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's true. It is funny. I think what we see in the entire course of the show with these sets is they tend to lean very like white, like very Macintosh white, all the sets. right? I think that was more to do with like the Californian architecture they had to do access to but it does kind of give it this almost like new star trek movie look because everything Mm. is like bright and white yeah uh so it's it's an unusual look i think for this time period in some ways but the other thing he's invented there is this prototype body warmer which is um these two poles that are essentially like those plasma those plasma balls you put your hands on i didn't realize it was a
0: body warmer
1: yeah because i was like why is that thing there but i must
0: just missed the line that he said it was a body warmer which we, is so odd because
1: he's electrical engineer he's been trying to come up with a better way because like his hamster got the freezer burn he's trying to find a better right. way to unthaw people and it, it's very weird like to it, how it works is you put one hand on each pole and like the electricity comes through and theoretically i guess that would de the body but before before we get to his inevitable electrocution on this body warmer let me let me ask you though real quick luke if you're de the body though so would you have to freeze the body in the exact position yeah, to put in, your like, hands? Christ, uh, right. Yeah, in Jesus Christ's stance. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought too. I'm just like, that's not a very effective thing for frozen bodies, but right. okay. Um, they kind of have a little back and forth here. It's very funny because no one knows man's a cop, but they have a long conversation about the dead doctor and how like, oh, his him being killed was an att- must have been an attempt to murder me because now I'll never survive without the doctor um, because my disease is coming. And then they have a conversation about man's disease and they talk about how man loves fly fishing.
0: Yeah, I wrote that down, too. And I was like, he, he, he it's uh, he just goes, I understand you're a fly fisherman. And I went, what?
1: Where, where did that come from? I don't know. But here's my question for you. Was that his cover is Buford or does he actually love fly fishing?
0: I think all of man's um, alter egos undercover just have his same. I likes. agree.
1: I agree. Yeah. But this whole thing, I bring it up for one sole purpose alone, is the doctor's like, well, you'll have to teach me to fly fish. I've already booked a room for us to go fly fishing in 2009. So w- w-
0: we never did find out what year this takes place. So it?
1: 2009 must be the extreme future in this right. show. Because he's well, basically post- postulating we'll both die, and then by the t- by 2009, we'll both be resurrected. Look, there's almost 200 channels. It's got to be 2009. <laughs> But it's says at this point where the founder does go up there and he's like, "Well, man, it was very nice to meet you." And then just puts his hands on the body warmers and just electrocutes himself apropos to nothing, nothing in front of me. I know
0: it was so, and I my note was like, "Is is even a tour? Was this a tour right now?" And he's like, "By the way, so anyways, I'm never gonna top uh, this this uh, facility." So here I go, Bzzz, burns himself to death.
1: Oh, all our tours end on electrocution. Yeah, it's very weird. So this kind of brings us kind of to the midpoint of the episode. Um, after oh, dear the, God, we're
0: only at the midpoint. Yeah, yeah.
1: After after the uh, founder has died, they kind of look into his finances and they discover the Eternal Society is like deeply in debt. He's got no money. It's a terrible. It's like basically been um, not a good business. I think they say he has like two hundred thousand dollars left. That's all they have left to like uh, hand out after his death. Oh, that's it. So the company is tenuous at best. Tenuous at best. I believe uh, Eve says Eternal Society appears to be eternally in debt <laughs> I, I didn't catch that like, i wish i had that i gotta find that one um but what they do find out is that the two hundred thousand dollars inheritance that he had for some reason is going to dr unster which puts a puts a real red flag on unster mm-hmm. perhaps he killed the doctor in order to kill the founder in order to get two hundred thousand dollars yeah i mean I'm, I'm sure he's getting compensated pretty well already at the company it didn't feel like enough money especially when we like found out like it costs $40,000 to join. Like, it's just like, $200,000? Yeah. That doesn't seem like a lot in the inflation of the future. But what they do is they have Dr. Unster drop by Eve's apartment to fill out some paperwork so they can like kind of get a sense of him. And all we get here is another scene where someone's just like, "You're Eve, you're so different. I need to flirt with you. Yeah,
0: which has been a recurring theme throughout, almost. I think almost every episode. There's been someone who, they, they just keep playing like, can you believe how beautiful she is? There's something
1: about her. It's so, yeah, she's a robot. It's true. Oh, I have a question for you. This is a bit of a side note. Up until this point, did you think Eve lived in an apartment or a house? I always assumed it was an apartment. Oh, interesting. I always assumed it was a house, but there was a big like establishing shot of her apartment with the yellow sports car in the front of it. And mm. I, was, I was like so jarred by Why'd it. Why did you think it was a house? I don't know. For some reason, I think in my head... I thought I had seen them coming into a house at some point, but I think I might've just imagined it. I just figured she's, she's young. She's hip. She's living in the city. She doesn't want to be in
0: like a house in the suburbs. Fair enough. Not like man, not like man. He's definitely living in a house.
1: He is. We've seen his dog. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. The one episode, the dog had talked and then never came back again. (laughs) Um, this is uh, the point where actually Mikey finally does return to give real information, but she is already paranoid and nervous. She's trying to leave and man's trying to keep her there and, He's like, "What's it going to take for you to tell me what you know?" And she's like, "Oh man, I need a shot." The man says, "You want me to hit you?" I know, it, it was it was
0: like I know they're going for that's that's the kind of humor the show is, but no one would respond to that. Everyone knows what that means.
1: No one's ever asked for a shot and then someone's like, "Oh, you would like to be punched in the face?"
0: Yeah. But what she wants is a piña colada. Yeah. You know, I have a question for you. So, like smash cut. They're having a drink.
1: Is it at the police department? Yeah, yeah. He brought, he
0: Uber eats a pina colada to the police department for him. Oh, her. see, that's what you, now what I thought was at some point in the police department, there's a bar. There's
1: <laughs> a bartender just like making That's what I coladas. thought. I thought like, oh, we'll just go downstairs with a police bar. Hey, I mean, very convenient. Yeah. I mean, and we've already established there are no laws in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you never know what it is. <laughs> anyway, what we kind of get out of Mikey here is that she thinks the doctor was murdered by that rando guy, Dr. Sachs, we saw earlier because she saw him messing around with the bike at some point. But what we do know he's creepy looking. We do know he's creepy looking. We don't know what sort of purpose he serves otherwise at yeah. the company. She's still really paranoid. So a man's like, all right, we'll take you to Eve's apartment. You'll be safe at a cop's apartment. Uh, and they leave her there because they've got a laser disc queued up and popcorn ready to go. And they're like, we're going to head over to Eternal Society, break in like we like to do, mm-hmm. search for some clues. You stay here and uh, no one will know you're here you'll be fine and they leave and somehow someone does know she's there yeah uh it's
0: it is what's his face dr sax and he uh he comes in very sneakily and sort of like
1: he's most, come clearly coming into a kill her the most ominous saxophone music ever
0: yeah like and it's just nonstop. like it's played also at like three times the vol- volume of the audio of uh, what everyone's saying so you just you just can't get out of your head the music but yes they're like don't worry you'll be fine here and then Three seconds later, someone knows she's there. He's literally breaking into the yeah. apartment.
1: She's uh she's watching the laser disc, which just happens to be what movie?
0: Frankenstein.
1: Of course. Well, actually I think it's Frankenstein's bride. I think you're right. But Or Bride of Frankenstein, excuse me. This is clearly where the director had the most fun that day because the scene she's watching is Frankenstein sneaking up on a woman behind her back and she like it's a real sneaky scene and he intercuts that with his own shot kind of shot for shot remake of that scene where dr Sachs is sneaking up on mikey behind her yeah back.
0: this is do you remember uh for anyone listening to this do you remember an et where elliot and et are connected so he starts uh elliot starts en- enacting what uh, et's watching i think he was watching casablanca or something like that And that was a very cute kind of scene and it showed the reason to show it was there was like a connection between the two blah 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 this is just like the director being like wouldn't it be funny if like she reacts the same as the woman in the movie you're like why and that's why i was like this is this almost feels like an alternate reality episode (laughs) like like a one-off where like we can just do whatever we want because everything's weird it's out of continuity it's fine yeah exactly
1: (laughs) at any rate it basically ends with mikey caesar she pulls a gun on him and catches him, and and he and basically we get like, yeah, you're right, I did kill the do- Russian doctor, and I'm here to kill you.
0: And, and she also goes like, uh, are you even a doctor? And he's like, no. And I was like, what? Well, who is he?
1: What is going on? Yeah. Like, who is this? Like The guy we've been hunting is this nobody doctor, apparently. And also, we basically leave with man holding a gun on him, and we never come back to either of those two characters. What happened to them? Who knows?
0: Oh, you're you know, I didn't even realize that. You're right. So I guess they're they made up mikey murdered him in yeah. cold blood and well, then went on the well, run it's it's he died in another motorbike accident
1: and she's, oh, yeah. like, she's like oh coincidence i i was working on the bike but it wasn't yeah. me. that leopard 1040 they're uh, <laughs> yeah. tough bikes we jump now to the eternal society where they've broken in eve is uh she's gone to open up the founder's freezer or doer yeah to maybe break off his finger so they can genetically test it at one point she puts
0: her hand in and she's like well, i need the finger and and then he's like, do you feel something? She's like, I feel something hard. I hope it's a finger. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Classic comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's the comedy.
1: And basically, I guess they're going to test to see if the founder is really in there. Why do they think he's not? What piece of evidence have they found so far? All they know is Dr. Sachs might have killed that guy. But now they're breaking in to steal the DNA of the, the founder they think is dead. He is not.
0: Well, th- this episode sort of... Um, has all of the problems we've kind of seen in bits and pieces in all the episodes. It's like, they were like, this might be our last episode. Let's throw all the problems in. And the problems really are, (laughs) you know, people like the problems. Yeah. The problems of this show, but it is, we've talked about it before. People make wild assumptions just to get from point A to point B. Um, Characters come in and out. Don't really give information just so they can come back later and give information that wasn't really important. Anyway, there's huge leaps of logic. There's scenes that don't really make sense. I don't know if it was the script or the editing, but all the episodes are very kind of disjointed. If you're actually paying attention, if you're just kind of like letting it glaze over, you're like, yeah, now they're walking somewhere else. But it is a lot of, why are you here? Oh, um, I need a sandwich. Anyway, is that a murderer? Hey, what time is it? It's six o'clock. Must be a murderer. You're like, what? What is happening in the show? (laughs) And, And this episode is particularly bad with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think she gets a DNA sample. At any rate, for some reason, man wanders off leaving her down there. He just yeah. walks away. And what happens to her? She Dr. Unster comes downstairs, so she goes to hide in one of the doers, so he won't find her. He, apropos to nothing, locks the do he doesn't know she's in there. He locks the doer and turns it on to freeze. Yeah. So it's like he just sees a container and he's like, Well, I better I
0: better put that on full blast. But it, it's really so you can have this hilarious look of her like becoming a snowman. Yeah, we keep cutting back to her snow like woman.
1: Getting like more and more covered in
0: snow. <laughs> yeah. And it
1: looks funny. It's like, you know, she's all frosty and And while man's wandering around, he bumps into the founder, who's not dead at all, which I guess is a surprise in that I wasn't paying attention. I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, He's surprised. Dr. Unster's surprised. He wasn't in on it at all. No. And uh, basically, the founder really lays out his whole plan. He's like, hey, this whole cryogenic thing, fake. I faked my disease so that I could come back from the debt and then people would start putting money into it to get me out of debt. It's a real, it's like, it's all just a long con. Yeah. So it's, it's just a fraud. Again, there's an inkling of an interesting idea there. The idea
0: that someone would create an entire company just to save their own debt or financial problems. There's an interesting idea here, but they sort of just threw that in the end. It's like they got to page 45 and went, oh, I don't know why he. It's a fake company. That's why.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a solid reveal. It's just it, there's no seeding to it yeah. at all. And also, they they reveal why they killed the doctor because if he had no disease, why kill the doctor? Uh, and it's very funny. The doctor basically found a cure for his brain disease, and that would have obviously revealed he didn't have it. So they killed him instead of like allowing disease to be cured. Yeah, it's just like uh, let's uh, let's just get rid of him. So they're like doubly evil. At any rate his wife comes out holds them both so there's like now the founder and his wife have have caught Unster and man they take them back down to the cryogenic room cuz they're going to i don't know inject them with something to kill them or something and then maybe freeze them to hide the fi- yeah. hide the bodies but of course what we know is eve has been freezing in that doer this whole time so here's what we, we did find
0: out about eve um she can take a bullet right she can get, she's got shot before right
1: yeah she, oh yeah so Many she can times. get shot
0: she can uh, be frozen but electrocution so you, you know what I realized she actually is she's uh, one of the Westworld robots she has one weakness hers happens to be electricity
1: it's true. they've established it early that earlier she can't be electrocuted yeah but that's her only weakness her only weakness because yeah. yes she well she's freezing she finally like kicks the door off the doer and she comes out and she's because she's been frozen she's like a little stiff when she walks around so she looks a little bit like some might say Frankenstein <laughs> and basically we kind of get in a fight man fights the founder eve fights his wife of course she does um and of course eve is so frozen that she needs to de and she goes and she puts herself in the body thaw and like electrocutes herself which i think now discounts the idea that electricity kills her i, I think she can warm herself all right so the, the electricity warmed her yeah <laughs> but yeah they, so they, they basically gotta use all the gags they've had and that's it. Um, she They catch the bad guys. Eve briefly looked like Frankenstein. And the whole episode around the concept of like, hey, isn't a robot like a Frankenstein? Has completed. And that's the season of this show. That's the wrap of this show. Although, you know what? I watched the credits again. Uh, they must have moved it around the schedule, I think. Because in the credits of this one, they're like, next up, Quantum Leap. Oh. Which better lead in. What an odd time of TV that you could have had them
0: going from... A promotion to seinfeld or quantum leap i know those shows there was an overlap but they seem like two different generations of tv shows it's
1: true it's true uh, what a time to be alive <laughs> yeah. 1992
0: yeah yeah would you have been watching this uh, this show it's not out of the question if it was on it like se- a nice little 10 year old you're sitting watching your black and white tv or whatever you had there
1: well i would have been yeah i guess i would have been 10 so i would have probably been allowed to watch like one like i had to go to bed at like eight o'clock every night no me too and I, so you were allowed to go read so i might have been able to, if this was on at seven and like my other options at seven weren't any better this probably would have been the show right it wasn't though because i never heard of the show before i never, I didn't either there's not it's not out of the question i might have watched it though i mean steve clearly had a thing for yancey uh, mm-hmm. butler yancey yancey, yancey butler? butler i think that sounds right yancey butler you know what we <laughs> we could look it up but i think i say we don't okay um so let's get a little final thoughts we'll wrap up the entire series mm. then steve found something that he didn't get to bring up last episode that was kind of interesting not groundbreaking but what's kind of interesting is a, a through fair of some of these shows uh these kind of failure science fiction shows or science fiction shows that didn't take off anyway you know our bread and butter yeah exactly the producer of man and machine was also the assistant director on homes and yo-yo Deep. oh, oh show sure we haven't watched yet but another robot cop show from probably a generation earlier
0: it's like Holmes and yo-yo man and machine almost human all the same show different generations trying the same idea again
1: absolutely i mean i i have to assume this wasn't on purpose but just like an anomaly in his career where he's just like how am i back on a robot cop <laughs> show again <laughs> right how did this happen to me um it, it was an interesting interesting note that this one person had this weird through fare. I think ultimately for this show, I think why it didn't click for me anyway, it wasn't good at being a police show up until this last episode, the science fiction was light at best. It was, it was like window dressing the science fiction.
0: We mentioned it before, really the only world building or the only attempt at world building seemed at best done just through them listening to the radio. And at worst as a sort of like, we'll throw this in as a little gag so they know it's the future as opposed to. Well, you guys, you guys chose to put it in this time period. Like, it felt almost like they didn't want to have this show be about a cop and a robot in the future. So they're like, "Well, we'll stay away from everything science fiction." But it's like, y- you guys wrote it. You you could have just made this in 1992 with a cop partnership. You know what I mean? Like, this didn't have to be
1: true. You this- could you could have given a robot cop in '92 and not had to worry about like any science fiction. Like, just the yeah. one piece is there's a robot now.
0: Yeah. So it just feels like they maybe I don't know it. I I think if there's a a through line through a lot of the shows we've seen that have been what we can say is less successful, either they got canceled or they just didn't work, is that there's almost this intangible thing that doesn't click. I I actually don't think the the actors were bad in this, but the writing didn't match the tone, which didn't match the way it looked, which it feels like the actors sometimes didn't know what they were doing. Like we were saying, Mikey comes in, it's like she was in a different TV show than the rest of the actors. It's
1: just something just wasn't working. I think what it was is ultimately like, on its surface, you'd say this is either science fiction or a cop show or you know a mesh of the two. It really feels to me like what the creator really wanted to make was just like an adventure show, like um, like a MacGyver or something. Just like every week there's a crazy new adventure that go on. But why? But you're right. Why saddle yourself with the cop genre and the science fiction genre?
0: Yeah, it's like this. is could have been anything. This could be anything you wanted, and it was like they wrote this show sold it and then went oh no i have to make that i thing. didn't i
1: didn't want to make a cop or a robot show yeah. i wanted to make an adventure show
0: yeah but and you end up with an unfortunate i'm gonna say quite a bad show although i will i will say you did you did mention it i think it was in the maybe the first uh podcast episode that if we had watched this before almost human the mm-hmm. reviews may have almost been maybe not quite reversed but i think we would have made it been a little bit nicer to this and a little bit meaner to almost human i now, agree Almost, almost human. human is better. It's a better show. There's no question about it.
1: I about said it. earlier that it might not be, but as as I've gotten through these five episodes, I'm like, ah, it's still, yeah, yeah, almost human. It's easier yeah, to watch. It's got its
0: problems, but it's it's an easier show to watch. Yeah. All right, Jordan, give me a rating. This episode, um, I'm going to be really generous with it and give it a two out of ten because I hated it. I hated this episode. I, I I didn't hate the show, but I hated this episode so much. So I'm getting it
1: a two out of ten. Fair, fair enough. I I think I'm just gonna. I want I want to be nicer to it but I think I'm I think I'm going to give it 2.5. I like the idea of the Frankenstein theme, it just never clicked so I'm going to give it a 2.5. Nice. And that means I can tell you the final rating for mm. this show entirely. Um What's the computer coming up with here? The final, the final rating for the episodes we could stand to watch of <laughs> yeah. Mad and Machine uh, comes to three point
0: six six. Ooh. Now, let me ask you something. You may not have this information at your fingertips, Luke. Um, uh, and I know that it takes a while to boot up the computer here. Is this our lowest rated show?
1: You know what? I now, No,
0: mean... no, I, I, I don't think we can count pilots, uh, because, as we know. Uh, at the count of three, what was the worst thing we ever watched? Just One, just two, three, Justly, <laughs> But uh, but as a series, is it the worst? You know what? Let me have a quick look, and I will tell you. While Luke's looking it up, it is a funny thing. I should... I don't know if I, I have to mention it, but something is interesting that you see is you do look back on some of these things we've watched, and we've done quite a few series at this point. Some of them, I think, we've remembered more fondly, maybe unfairly, and some you think back and go, ugh, like... I, I can't believe I rated that so high. Like, Tech War was the first show we ever did. Those ratings are way higher than they should be. I mean... Like, look, Tech War has its moments, but, like, it's not
1: a good show. And, like, I think we were given... Like, I I know I know I gave one episode a really high one but, like... I mean, I don't know how I feel with Tech War anymore. Sometimes I still think of it nostalgically. But it is funny. Much like when we first did Tech War, another cop show, it was the only show up till now that we've ever ejected from. Right. Um, But I did find out what the this is the lowest rated for sure the Mm. closest was 4.28 for galactica 1980 wow now let me ask you looking back what's the worst show this i'd agree with you i would still
0: rather watch Galactica yeah at least at least galactica was so absurd and so odd and funny at points that you could even if you hated the episode like it was it was could be still fun like we watched farmers jumping 50 feet in the air to farm for some
1: reason with one of the
0: greatest songs I've ever heard in my <laughs> life <laughs> yeah but this had this had nothing
1: I think I think I don't need to ask this but there's no way you'd recommend this to anyone right never never I think I think this can be forgotten to the history of time
0: the only thing I would recommend this to is if someone
1: asked me if they wanted a shot I'm punch in the face yeah exactly all right Jordan well that wraps it up for Man and Machine we'll be back next week with a TV movie oh, oh right yeah pilot
0: what are we watching
1: I think we're going to watch a show that its name slips my mind right now. but Frequency? Global Frequency. That's it. And it wasn't a TV movie, actually. It was a pilot that actually was never released. It got leaked online at some point, and that's the only reason that anyone has access to it. So I'm curious. It'll be the first time we've done anything like that. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. In the meantime, you can email us here about Man and Machine or anything else at drag at gmail.com. And we'll have clips and stuff from the show this week on our social media at Continuum Drag. That's we, on Instagram and Twitter.
0: I'll just say, we may not. There's almost nothing in this episode to pull. <laughs>
1: Frankenstein stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just show Frankenstein. We'll put yeah, Frankenstein, Frankenstein yeah. in seven clips. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up, Jordan. Uh, listener, thanks for tuning in. And uh, Jordan, see you next week. Yeah, see you then. Hume is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seidler. Produced by Jordan delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Yunes, Adam Wigner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.